the process of planning really helps you to sharpen your acts and get focused and intentional about what you're trying to achieve. But the plan itself should never be set in stone because you need to flex and bend. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, renovators. So we're on the sunny side of the new year. And today's topic is the three types of renovation projects that you should include in your plan in order to achieve the results you seek. Now, we do a lot on planning. And I love this quote by General D. Eisenhower. Dwayne D. Eisenhower, and what he said is that he thinks he has found that plans are useless, but the planning is indispensable. And I totally agree. I really feel that the process of planning really helps you to sharpen your acts and get uh, focused and intentional about what you're trying to achieve. But the plan itself should never be set in stone because you need to flex and bend with the circumstances uh, that surround you that are constantly changing. And if there's something that we have learnt from the last two years of the pandemic is that we need to be willing to work with change in order to succeed at what we're um, looking to achieve. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm picking out three specific, I guess, strategies, for want of a better word, so that you can get much more strategic about achieving your results. Now, just to get started, and we've done a few sessions on planning over the couple of years that I've been recording this podcast, but I just wanted to, I guess, recap on, I think, probably the most important part of a plan is having a clear vision of your end goal. What is it that you are trying to set out to achieve with your renovating? Now, for many people, the ultimate result is to replace their income in retirement. So in the absence of all other goals, that's what we one of my mentors calls it the big kahuna. So what's the big thing that you're working towards? And I like to think of the plan as being like, let's say you're planning to go on a big holiday and you want to go to, say, New York. So the big kahuna is New York. But the plan to actually get there is can be a moving feast. It can be something that flexes and changes according to the information that you get and the circumstances you find yourself in. So updating your plan and adjusting it accordingly is really critical. So, you know, you might say fly to LA first and then and find something that really interests you there and you want to spend more time there. Let's say the beautiful architecture. And so you might extend the time that you spend there and maybe go take the next leg more direct because you want, you, you'll need to pick up time. So yeah, so it's a work in progress. 
And so you need to be really clear about what your end goal is, but how you get there will change according to the, the things that you learn and things that happen. So, you know, like legislation changes and it makes one strategy less effective, then you need to look at another strategy. So that's sort of the concept that we're working on. Now, as I mentioned, for most people, the end goal is having enough income to be able to support themselves. But there will be little goals along the way. And the idea is to make those little goals all um, add to your achieving the end goal. Now, you may completely have your retirement sorted out with your superannuation, and then you might have a different goal. Like with, I've had people that their goal has to be to own their dream home, dream home in their dream location without a mortgage. And so they would use renovating to climb the property ladder to get where they are so and to to finally achieve their dream home in their dream suburb and keep working in that suburb until they get to a point where they're mortgage free but the one common denominator with all the projects is that renovating enables it's like the jet fuel like you can just buy a property and sit on it and and hope to that it grows organically sufficiently to sort of finance your next step but that is a long slow burn usually except in the last couple of years it's been quite rapid but still you you have the tool of renovating to be able to speed it up and so with that as a background I want to get into the first type of renovation and the first type of renovation is in fact your family home now, there's a lot of contention about should you buy a family home because, you know, for some people they will rent, rent where they want to live and buy where they can afford. I personally think that if property is your thing, owning a family home is really important. And the reason it's important is it's an opportunity to make tax-free profit. So, and I've seen this happen where people have never owned a family home, but have bought property and close to retirement have wanted to sell down something in order to own a family home to live in in retirement and then end up paying a big chunk of that money that they've accrued to the government. So, Thinking about owning a family home, you want to think a little bit further than just your current um, circumstances. So, and of course, renovation is one of the things that will help you to build equity in that property. Whether you live in it all your, all your life or not, building equity is a great thing because then you have got something to draw on to support your other, your other activities. So, I'm sure I've said this a few times, but our family home has always been what we call the bucket. So we've got a bucket of equity that we can use to fund other projects. And it's been a really powerful strategy for us. Now, often with the family home, sometimes your decisions around it can be tinted with emotion. And that's something that it's important that you manage because emotion does encourage you to make 
not very wise decisions and particularly when you are renovating the family home. So you really do need to keep a lid on that. The other thing, the other place where there's opportunity with the family home is if you have become an empty nester and so you've got a large family home and not many people living in it, two people or even one person rattling around, well, then that's an opportunity in order to build your cash flow by, you know, maybe creating a granny flat under main roof or um, downsizing. That's what we did. We downsized and um, we made profit on the project before on the home before we sold it then we made profit on the home that we bought after that through renovating so it's a very powerful strategy and I want you to think about whether you're maximizing the asset that is in, that is your family home and for the majority of Australians their family home represents all of their wealth and a lot of money because you know Australian homes are worth, you know, in general, are worth a lot of money. So please be quite strategic about it and make sure that you are making sound decisions when thinking about what you're doing with your family home. Now let's go back to your big kahuna. So let's say your big kahuna, the the long-term goal is that you want to produce, let's say, $200,000 worth of income per year in your retirement, or it might be 50,000. It's however much you think that you will need to live on when you are retired. And so I think the thing, the trick is getting the sequence right with your projects. Now, let's say you've renovated your family home and you've got that bucket of equity that you can use for your next project. So what's your next project going to be? And so that will depend on what your needs are. Now, let's say you're really happy in your job or running your business. You don't really feel the need to change that. Then you would go one way. But if you're not happy in your job or you're not earning enough income or whatever, then you may think that your next project needs to be a cash flow project. You may not have a family home but not have a deposit either. So then maybe a cash flow project would be something that you would look at in order to produce the income. So there's a few different uh, names to these projects. They can lump, lump some profit projects, flip, but the principle is the same. And so I would only suggest that you do cash flow projects if you need to. Because personally, in the long run, you are way better off to be doing wealth building projects. So in 10 years time, let's say you made the choice whether to go cash flow or wealth building and there was no reason, there was nothing, I guess, influencing that decision. You didn't have to go for cash flow. Then you would be miles ahead if you went the wealth building um, path. But for someone who doesn't love their job, or is not earning enough income from their job or has a business that's, you know, it's not lighting their fire anymore, then cash flow project would be your next strategy. But if you don't need to do it, don't. Get straight onto the wealth building projects because they are the golden geese. But let's step back a bit. So cash flow projects are flips. Now, the problem with that is that 
they can be very high risk because they are quite speculative. And so you really want to know that you are well educated and you have the right team around you in order to make the right decisions with a cash flow project. And the other thing that you might want to do is to think about stacking strategies to add more opportunities to, for profit so that you can, um, I think that is quite a good risk management strategy so that you can sort of buffer yourself against, you know, changes in the market. So the market changes all the time. And so you want to make sure that you are, you know, using sound risk management strategies. So one of those strategies for, you know, like stacking a strategy would be if you added a land strategy to it. So you did a subdivision or something like that. So you've got a land component, but that will depend on where you are geographically. You know, if I was to say, if you're in the heart of Melbourne, let's say you're in um, North Melbourne, a land strategy is not, you know, a subdivision strategy is going to, one, cost you a lot of money and two, be as rare as hen's teeth. However, if you're in, say, Wollongong or Ballarat, then that's quite feasible that you could find that sort of project. But of course, we do have a lot of renovators who are doing just plain flips and doing quite well with them or doing really well with them. But you need to make sure that you really know what you're doing. This is not, it's not something for a newbie with no training and no support because you can easily come unstuck. And yeah, so, but one of the things that I think that we've done really well in terms of flips is we've put together the joint venture strategy so that someone that's not quite as experienced can team up with someone that's more experienced and so that they have that, I guess, expertise with them on a day-to-day -day basis. Cash flows projects are very exciting. They're adrenaline driven because you're working against the clock. And, you know, it's something really satisfying about getting your project ready for sale and then I guess getting validation by it selling and making a profit. But of course, you do need to know what you're doing. I apologize if you hear some barking in the background. We're actually on holidays at the moment in Venus Bay and I've shut myself off in the bedroom and our new puppy, Harriet, is not impressed. So she occasionally let's rip. Okay, so the third strategy is wealth building strategies. And these are the nirvana for renovators, because not only do you have the benefit of organic growth, you also or yeah, organic growth, you also have the renovation to push it along. But of course, you do want to make sure that you once again, make the right decisions. Now, I happen to believe that it's not how many properties that you have, it's the quality of the properties. I've seen lots of people who have spent a life building a portfolio and get into their 50s and the portfolio is not providing any income from them and really isn't growing that well. And so you want to also arm yourself with the right information when you are going down this path, making sure you buy the right sort of property and in the right area. 
And one of the things I think that it's a good idea to look at a project where you are able to increase the equity as well as the cash flow with a renovation. Now, sometimes when people are starting to buy investment properties, they look, think, you know, the safest thing for me to do is to go and buy a small unit somewhere. And I actually think that's not the best choice. I think that if you are starting to build wealth through property, that you're better to buy something in a good area that has the capacity to produce equity or income beyond what's available at the time. So buy something, you know, like a property on a bigger block that you can subdivide down the down the road or that you can apply a high cash flow strategy to. You might want to use an Airbnb strategy to increase your cash flow to help pay it off. You might want to use a micro development strategy to increase your equity in the property upfront rather than waiting years and years for it to be cash flow positive. So picking a location, a type of property and a strategy that's going to, like we call it belt and braces, so that it's really going to lift your capacity for income as well as your ownership of the property, how much of it you own as opposed to what the bank owns. And so, you know, I've seen... Often when people, particularly later in life, don't have a great understanding of uh, investing and will end up buying a house and land package or a unit off the plan. And those types of projects are never a good thing to buy later in life. If you're in your 20s and you're buying one, you can afford to wait a few decades because more often than not, they have high marketing costs that you're not aware of. So you, they end up being not worth what you paid for them when they settle and they take a long time to recover. And they are a really poor decision. So I know women in particular tend to think that they don't have what it takes or they can never get their head around what's involved in making good investment decisions. But I promise you, you can. It's not that hard. And I really feel that if you want to build your wealth with buying property and investing, that you really need to commit some time to actually learning what's what and building a decent team to support you because it will come back to you in bucket loads. One of the biggest decisions that you have as a renovator and an investor is who to trust. And so spending some time working out, doing due diligence on advisors is really a good spend of your money. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about in terms of the, the make, choosing the right strategies to get you where you want to go. So we've talked about at some point in time having a principal place of residence because it provides tax-free profit. You can use the equity to leverage other projects and you can utilise unused space for income. But that may not be your first project if you don't have enough capital to actually be able to buy one. Then there's the cash flow projects that I would suggest that you only do if you absolutely need to because they are high risk 
And in the long run, it's not the best, it's not a wealth building strategy. It's just a cash flow strategy. The reason I say it's not a wealth building strategy is when you don't work, you don't get paid. So it really is just like a job. But you may need to do one of those first in order to buy a principal place of residence. And then the third strategy, and I would suggest everyone get to that as quickly as you can, is to buy and execute wealth building projects. And so that's where you're buying investment properties to to renovate and hold, but being very um, specific about the type of project you buy so that you make sure that you build your equity in that property as quickly as you can. And you also build the cash flow so that it's actually putting money in your pocket as opposed to costing you money, which would be the negative gearing path. Negative gearing really only works in really good capital growth areas. And even then, I really believe that it is a strategy for very sophisticated investors. Most people do not have the skill to or the income because it does need constant income other than the income that the um, property produces because negative gearing by virtue of what it is, actually costs you money to hold. So be very careful about that. But the last thing I want you to think about when you are executing, well, putting together and executing your plan is really what your biggest challenge is. And I want to give you, because self-awareness is everything, and often you can you can sort of do all the right things and not get the right outcome because you've not really sorted out the, you know, the elephant in the room. I know what my biggest challenge is and I'll let you know, talk about that in a minute. But for instance, for many of us, we start on our family home and I think that's a really great way to start because it's got less risk. You're not paying rent. You're not uh, paying a mortgage on your family home plus holding costs on another property. You're just paying one lot of holding costs, which is on that home. And put it put it in this way recently, and I thought that's a really good way to express it. So this was a husband who's saying about in a caring way, not in a critical way, that his wife has very expensive tastes, and if there are two choices and one of them's you know, $20 and the other one's $80, that she would always go for the $80 option. Well, if you want to make your significant inroads with renovating, you need to be able to keep that in check because if you are always going for the $80 option, then there's no opportunity for profit. So the thing about renovating is if you've got to be able to produce the $80 look, but with spending $20 or $30. So if you know that overspending is one of your shortcomings, then you really want to make your first task to really hone in and work on that because that's a massive mindset thing. Somewhere along the line, you, and I'm not saying that there is no difference in quality in when you're making those selections, but you need to be able to make value judgments and often, almost always, that your market will not appreciate the money you've spent on the higher quality and not pay more for it. So we really work on the theory that 
if you if the market's not going to pay for it you don't put it in it's as simple as that unless you can put it in without paying its full cost which like for recently we put in a custom beautiful fully appointed merely kitchen into a um, property which was worth about 40,000 but we only paid 10 for it so you want to be able to get a repertoire of strategies for being able to, you know, create that champagne look on the Prosecco budget. And so I mentioned my biggest issue is that I struggle with focus. I take on too much and it really hinders my results. And so that's something that I have, you've probably heard me talking about it before, I have been aware of and working on over the years, but I've never quite nailed it. And I've realised the reason I've never quite nailed it is because for me, running a business, I really only have the headspace for one project. So having more than one project at a time is not a good thing for me, and that and I need to be really focused on just having one project at a time in order to achieve the results I want to achieve. For other people, it might be a mindset issue around not being able to buy a property. You know, I'll never be able to buy a property at the price that I've got, you know, that I can afford. And I always say that there is a there is always a deal out there and it's funny the other day I was talking to uh, my son who lives in Newtown and I had noticed that there was a terrace house just down the road from him went to market and sold for a million dollars and I'd said this to him and he said oh no you know an unrenovated terrace around here is worth about 1.2 1.3 at least and I looked up the stats and he was absolutely right. But there was one there that went for a million dollars. And so, you know, you would think in this market, particularly when houses would be so hot, there would not be a bargain anywhere. But there are always bargains and you just need to keep your eyes open and be persistent and work with your mindset because that is what's holding you back. Okay, so I have to say I've been a bit hit and miss over the last few months. The end of the year got a tiny bit crazy, and but we're back and we're back on 100%. So um, I'm currently in Victoria. So we had a busy end of year, mainly because of the conference, She Renovates Live, and our project, our Newcastle project. Things got a tiny bit crazy, but I'm very grateful that I have been able to seek the input of three amazing, well, two amazing wonder women and a wonder bloke in James to, I guess, back me up on that Newcastle project. So it will go to market at the end of January and, and that's a good thing. So Stephen and I are touring through Victoria at the moment, mainly catching up with family. We're staying with Hannah, who has a holiday house in Venice Bay. And also we've been doing some, I guess, what's the word, fact-finding for our next project. Uh, I think I've mentioned we're negotiating the purchase of an unusual project in uh, country Victoria. 
And so part of that will involve some Airbnb and I've just been having a look around at some quirky Airbnbs to just get some ideas about what we are going to do with that. I feel like it's quite a good time to be considering a project of this type because tourism is at an all-time low and so you know, I think that it won't be too long when that starts to climb again. So it's a good time to be thinking about this. And the other thing is that I'm doing a charity walk next week for Hands Across the Water. It's 47 kilometres at a property on the Great Ocean Road called the 12 Apostles Adventure Centre. And I'm sort of looking forward to that. I haven't really trained as much as I would like to, but I achieved my fundraising goal today, so I'm very grateful to those of you who contributed. That's one thing that I can tick off, and and hopefully by this time next week it will be all over and I'll be back in Sydney, Sydney firing on all cylinders. Okay, oh, and of course we've been settling in our new family member, Harriet the Cavoodle, who is so gorgeous and uh, filling our lives with joy. So that's it for me. I'll sign off and I'll see you again next week. If 2022 is your year to absolutely nail your goals with renovating, then I invite you to join our workshop to create your personal action plan to renovate for profit in 2022. You'll learn how to get your first 50 to 100,000 reno profit into your pocket. So another year is clicking over. And if you've been thinking about renovating and creating beautiful rooms as your happy place, but you still haven't had the confidence to make your move, then I've got a workshop for you. Basically, this online workshop will help you to create your personal action plan to renovate for profit in 2022. You'll learn how to get your first fifty dollars to $100,000 profit under your belt in the next 12 months. The most common frustration I hear is, I just don't know where to start. Well, I'm going to show you exactly where to start, but I'm also going to guide you through the right strategies for you to be able to achieve your dream life with renovating, how you can still make incredible profits in renovating by identifying the best area and the best property for you, how to buy in this market at a price where you can make a profit by renovating for profit, the secrets to finding a reliable trade team, how to make the hundreds of decisions that you need to make when doing a renovation and the ins and outs of financing your project and, and lots, lots more. So if you would like to join us, the event is on the 2nd of February at 7.30pm. Now, if you'd like to book a spot in that workshop, just go to www.theschoolofrenovating.com forward slash the leap l-e-a-p and if you click the link below you will be able to book a spot and i'll see you there this is the she renovates podcast to discover how to harness the power of renovating check out the school of renovating.com